Hi, welcome back to From A to Arbitration, and today we're going to get into the formal step A. To me, by far the most important step. You win or lose your cases at the formal step A. I believe that truly. Uh, that's where you win or lose your cases. There's a lot that goes into the formal step A, a lot that we need to be doing that we're not. So uh, we're going to cover the formal step A fully today. Uh, new shop stewards, pay attention. It's going to show you the importance of what you do at the informal step aid level. When I talk about the 14 days, make sure that we're doing everything that we need to be doing. That way, when it gets to formal step A, that formal step A representative doesn't have to spend a whole lot of time getting the case file ready. It's already, already done. And so he can focus on the formal step A meeting. So new shop stewards, pay attention. Formal step A reps, uh, if you're out there, pay attention. This is what we need to be doing. I was the formal step A rep for my installation from 2008 to 2011. And then I was asked to come back, I think it's maybe four, 13, 14, uh, and, and uh, clean up some cases that kind of the formal step A rep after me kind of got overwhelmed. And so I came back, took his place. Uh, we were about 250 cases behind. So I came in, got those knocked out and then step back out of that role. Uh, my days as a formal step A rep are over. So I've got a great one right now with JB, so I'm not concerned about that anymore. But I do uh, train formal step A's. JB was uh, one of the guys that when he came in as a shop steward, uh, I helped a little bit. And then when, when it came time to be a formal step A rep, I helped him a little bit there, but that guy is, is taking it and skyrocketed, man. I mean, he's he surpassed anything that I could have taught him. He's good. but So I've dealt with probably about 3,000 cases at the formal step A. Uh, so that's uh, that was my that was my thing. I love the formal step A. I love getting the case file, putting it together, seeing what we're missing. Uh, enhancing arguments, including arguments. And then I love the formal step A meeting. You know, that was something that I loved. Um, but like I said, those days are over with for me. Uh, my thing now is an advocate. I love it. There's nothing I'd rather do than be an arbitration advocate. It's, that is by far the, the best thing that I've done just because of the setting. I love it. I'll talk a little bit about one of those here in a second when I talk about things we need to be doing at the formal step A. But next week, JB's going to come in here and he's going to talk about uh, 3996s, DOS projections, and uh, PET. And so that'll be a very good episode, be very thorough. All right. So uh, I think it'll help a lot of us, especially with the scanners taking over everything right now. Everything is being done with the scanner. And so this will be a very good episode for all of us uh, next week. I, and I can't wait to hear what he's got to say. I'm going to start doing some things on safety and health. I saw a message the other day on a scanner, and it, and it pissed me off. It was uh, somebody put it up on Facebook, and I have already grieved this. I grieved it last year and uh, in my installation because it, it, it made me so mad. But the scanner message said this, When possible, take approved rest breaks to beat the heat. When possible, take approved rest breaks to beat the heat. That pisses me off to no end when I see that. That pisses me off. That's not only dangerous, it's deadly. That message right there is deadly. And you need to grieve that 
anytime you see it and have them retract that and give a stand-up talk to your installation that they were in error. That's a deadly message because CCAs, new hires, people that don't know any better, people that don't know that you take breaks as needed in the heat, they'll see that and they will like, well, I got a lunch break and two 10-minute breaks, so those are my approved breaks. So if I'm out there, man, I've already taken my 10-minute break, I'm just shit out of luck. Man, grieve that. And, and I've, I've grieved it. I'll, I'll put that up for you. Uh, but we'll get into some safety issues uh, some ergonomics. <laughs> uh, when I was on the National Safety Committee, we dealt with ergonomics. Uh, it's one of the biggest things we did. And I'll tell you what a joke that thing was. But and we'll get into some of that. But anyway, JB will be in here next week at 3996. Uh, Doe's projections, pet, and things like that. Formal step A. How important is it? It's the most important. No question. No question. We've got to do our, our due diligence at the formal step A meeting. We've got to do our due diligence when we get a case file from informal step A that we've made all the arguments. We've included everything we need to include. We look at every single thing. I've said this a million times. You have got to look at every single sentence, every single word, every date, everything. Make sure you're doing that. If you're one of those that you don't want to do that, please do us a favor and step down out of that position because you're worthless. You're worthless to us, really. As an advocate, nothing worse, and I'll give you an example here in just a second, nothing worse than get into a, a, a case file in the mail and your formal A has just pissed it away, has done no work, has done nothing. Man, that is devastating. And if you don't care about it, if you're not interested in doing your job as the formal step A, what is required, then please step down and go deliver mail and do nothing else. Uh, it is critical that we have people in the formal step A that are aggressive, that are fighters, that hate to lose. Uh, when, when I put JB's name in uh, to my branch president as somebody who I thought would be a great formal A, those are his attributes. He was aggressive. He studied like no other. He hated to lose first and foremost. He hated to lose. And why do I want somebody that hates to lose? Because they're going to do everything that they can to win. That's what you need to do at the formal step A. That needs to be your mindset at the formal step A. When I got a case file at the formal step A, what am I looking at? Discipline. What do I have so far? Nothing. All right. So these are things that I'm going to need. I'm going to start writing. Get me a pad. I'm going to write down dates, names, everything like that on a pad. And then I'm going to start reading that case file because things are not going to match up. Those are the things that we need to be doing. Those are basic things. I, was, I got a phone call one time. This was, uh, I'm going to say about five years ago. Maybe longer, maybe six or seven. But I got a phone call from somebody pretty high up. And he says, hey, Corey, he says, uh, we're in trouble. And I need you to send you to another region. Uh, we have a, a removal and we're liable. We're liable. Uh, we have screwed this thing up royally. And we need you to get us off the hook. And uh, I said, okay. I said, well, why am I going? Because nobody from this region can, can do it. 
We're removing everybody from this region from it. Uh, this individual is uh, threatening lawsuits. He's threatening uh, to sue the, the branch, He's threatening to sue National. If we lose, we're in, in it for his retirement, you know, because we've royally screwed this thing up. I said, okay. I said, that's fine. They said, this guy's trouble now. This guy's trouble, big trouble. And uh, he's, a, he's a pain in the ass. And um, I said, all right. I said, I'll handle it. And they said, okay. Now, another thing is uh, he hates white people. And I said, well, I said, I don't know if you've seen a picture of me lately, but uh, I'm white. And they're like, we know it, but you got a pretty good record. So, <laughs> you know, if he holds that against us, uh, you know, we can say, hey, look, we sent a guy up there that's got a good record. You know, somebody knew what they were doing. I said, I got it. So we go up there. I do, and uh, meet with this, this gentleman, and it's true, he does not like me at all. <laughs> he hates me, matter of fact. So that was, uh, that was a burden. What the guy was accused of was soliciting a minor for, uh, to dress up in lingerie. He said he had his own clothing business, his own clothing line, that he was uh, wanting her to model clothes for him and I was going to give her a gig as uh, a model. And uh, this is a school-aged uh, kid, okay? So you got to put that aside. You put that aside and you remember, look, I'm trying to get trying to get us off the hook here. You know, I'm trying to get us off the hook for, you know, paying him up to his retirement because we we did screw it up it was extremely untimely and so uh i'm looking at the case file it's terrible horrible and i'm thinking what in the hell are we going to do with this formal a did nothing informal a did nothing i'm seeing major problems with management's position major problems they they got troubles the informal and formal did nothing to help at all. So I go to the hearing, uh, postal inspectors are involved and, uh, the manager, I want him, I want him to testify because I'm, I'm going to nail his ass to the wall, but I'm having to do all of this on the sly. I'm having to find a way to get all these things into the hearing because we did nothing at the informal and formal step a nothing. We get there and one of my witnesses is going to be the branch president. Now, him and this guy hate each other. They hate each other's guts. And I think they ran against each other, and the branch president won. This guy lost, and that did not help things. Before we get into the arbitration room, the branch president has this guy a letter. He says, here, I need to give you this before this is over with. And so the guy opens it up, and he's being sued for $10 million. I'm not joking here. This is, I swear on my life this is true. So one of my main witnesses that's going to help me is suing the grievant for $10 million. And I find this out five minutes before I walk into this room. So I'm thinking, dear God, could this get any worse? And so... Um, the guy just loses his shit, obviously. And he's like, you know, you're not using him as a witness. I said, I've got to use him as a witness. He's covering my timeliness argument. You're not going to use him as a witness. I'm telling you, you're not going to use him. I said, 
brother, you're more than welcome to go home. And I go in there and sit an empty chair beside me, but you will not tell me who I'm going to use as a witness. I need this guy to be a witness. So anyway, uh, that's what we were dealing with. But so we get into the arbitration, the supervisor, I catch her lying right off the jump. She, she lied immediately. So when I cross-examined her, uh, she had a written statement and then her testimony was different than her written statement. So I just asked her, you know, I said, ma'am, you testified to this. Is that true? Uh, yes, it is. I said, okay. And I said, you're aware that you're under oath. Yeah. I said, okay. I said, so you're, you're being truthful to the arbitrator when you stated this fact here. Yes. I said, okay. I said, if you could just turn to this page here, is this your written statement? Yes, it is. I said, can you tell the arbitrator which one is right? Because what you stated here today is different than what you stated in the case file. I've got two different stories. They're contradicting. I said, so if you could please tell the arbitrator which one you were telling the truth on today or in this statement. She refused to answer that question. So I just asked the arbitrator, I said, Madam Arbitrator, I said, if you would please have the, have the witness answer that question for me. I just need to know which, where she was being truthful at today or in this statement. And uh, the girl, she just acknowledged it, that uh, she didn't know. She's like, I, I, I just don't know. I said, you don't know which one's the truth? No. I said, okay, well, that's fine. And so secondly came the postal inspectors. And here's what I'm talking about at the formal step A. Do your homework. Look at every single thing in the file. Dates, times, everything. Look at it. Write it down because things are not going to, like I said, management inherently wants to lie. Even the postal inspectors, they want to lie. And they do it all the time. So you catch them by looking at everything. So the postal inspector gets up there. Of course, he sounds very good, very official. Uh, you know, he's got his badge and all this stuff here. I remember he was redheaded, crop top, cut real short. I remember that because his head was sweating profusely when I was questioning him. But I went to his report and I said, uh, sir, is this your report on this page here? Yes, it is. I said, and you were truthful throughout your entire report. Yes, I was. I said, okay. I said, I just want to go over some times with you. All right. I said, uh, on the day in question, the young lady gets off the school bus at, according to you, approximately three o'clock. He said, that's right. And the mailman and her talk for about 20 minutes, give or take. That's right. So we're talking about 320, 315, 320, 325. Yeah, that's right. I said, okay. And so after they talk, she goes in and she immediately gets on Facebook. She immediately gets on Facebook and she says, the mailman is creepy AF. Now here's how innocent I am. I didn't even know what AF mean. I had to ask my daughter, hey, what does AF mean? Well, she told me. I was like, well, good Lord, honey. She's like, well, you asked me. And so <laughs> AF means, you know, as... F-U-C-K. So anyway, uh, she said, the mailman is creepy AF. And he said this, and he did all these things. And so this was in the file, the, the Facebook post. I said, so she puts this up uh, on Facebook. Right. 
I said, okay, so then the mailman, according to your report, he delivers about 45 more minutes. He forgets a package at that very house. He goes back, delivers the package to the father, which is now up front cutting the grass. That's right. So that's about 4.15. So, you know, give or take, but around 4.15. Yes, that's right. I said, now this is according to your report. Yes. I said, now how long have you been doing this? Nine years. I said, okay. I said, is this your first report? Oh, no, it's not my first report. I said, how many would you say you've done approximately? Uh, 20. I said, okay. I said, so you're not new at it. No, I'm not. I said, okay. I said, did you take pride in your job? Well, of course I do. I said, well, you should. I said, that's an important job. I said, let's, let's go over some things. I said, who do you think was being more truthful? The young lady or this gentleman sitting beside me? Definitely the young lady. I said, why do you say that? He just did not come across as truthful. I said, okay. I said, so she seemed more truthful. Absolutely. All right. I said, let's see if she is, okay? I said, you said that she got off the bus about three. They talked for about 20 minutes. That's right. She goes into the house after they talk, and she gets on Facebook immediately. That's right. I said, and you put in the, the case file, the Facebook reports. Yes. I said, okay, well, let's go look at them. I said, on this Facebook report, it has a timestamp on it. Do you see that? His head is red as a tomato. I said, sir, I said, do you see that? Yes, I do. I said, can you please tell the arbitrator what time it says on that timestamp? 2.30. 2.30. That's right. I said, did you look at that before you put it in the file? Well, he said, I didn't see that. I said, I'm, I'm going to say you didn't. I'm going to say it wouldn't have got in the file if you'd seen that, would it? I said, because you just testified it was 3.30. And you put this in the file, it says 2.30. I said, so who's being truthful? He says, well, it could have been the time difference, you know, time zones from the Facebook to this. I said, okay. I said, that's a good answer. I said, I'll give you that one. I said, Madam Arbitrator, I'm going to give him that one. 2.30 because of time difference. We didn't catch that at the lower levels. I said, you put a workout workload report in here. I said, what'd you do that for? To show that he was at work. I said, okay. I said, do you know much about workout workload reports? Well, yeah. I said, you deal with those a lot, do you? Yeah. I said, okay. Well, let's look at it. Let's go to this page here. You said that he leaves her and he delivers for about 45 more minutes. That's right. He forgets a package and he comes back to the house. And her dad's up front. And he uh, hands the, the dad the package. That's right. I said, so we're talking about 415? Yeah. I said, sir, on this workout workload report, I want you to go to the end there. This gentleman's name. And I want you to tell the arbitrator... What time this gentleman clocked out? 2.45. I said, 2.45? Yeah. I said, I'm going to take it. You didn't see that either, did you? No, I didn't. I said, yeah. I said, that kind of hurt your report a little bit, sir. I said, you just testified you've done this for nine years. 
and you are take pride in your job. It's what you testified to. But you couldn't see that a Facebook post was an hour off, and you couldn't see that you said this gentleman was out delivering mail at 4.15, according to you, and his work hour workload report showed that he was clocked off and gone at 2.45. How do you explain that? I can't. I said, sir, I said, you're the, the professional investigators. And you can't tell me the different why there's the difference there? Nope. So anyway, that was missed. Simple things like that. Simple things were missing. Now, I was able to get that under cross because he put it in there. Read the reports. Get your dates. Get your times. Read everything. After that witness, they took me out and they pre-arbed it, brought the guy back. So uh, we were fortunate because I didn't have to get into the timeliness issue because uh, it was it was bad. It was it was obvious that it was deliberate what we did there. So uh, we was able to get him back. But anyway, that's a long story to tell you the importance of putting things in the file, reading the file, reading everything in the file. I've said that a million times. Read everything in the file, every sentence, every date. If the postal inspectors are given a report, they're lying. Look at it, give it to the carrier, have him go over it, pick out those lies that they're doing. But formal step A's, love your job. Love being a formal step A. If you're in that position, be in that position because you hate to lose and you have a passion like no other in that position. Formal step A's need to be bulldogs, man. They need to be bulldogs all the time. Formal step A's above anything else need to take no shit. That's formal step A. I've got another thing here. And, I, and I'll go over this, and then I'll go over the language, and we'll talk about some things. But if you're new, I get it. If you're new and you send something up, and and you know, and I call you, and I'm like, hey, I'm you know, Corey Walton coming in to represent so and so. You know, I have a lot of a lot of times formulas will be like, you know, I'm sorry, I you know, I just started doing this. You know, I don't know anything hardly. Hey, I get that. I get that. I do. Uh, and, and that's why I'm glad that people are, are helping, you know, like on Facebook, you know, with this podcast, you know, trying to help out as much as we can. Uh, but if you're doing it and you just don't give a damn, you just don't care. This is what it looks like when I'm fixing to tell you, this is what, this is what not caring looks like. I got another call recently. We need you to go to another region. And represent this gentleman who is in a world of hurt. A world of hurt. Uh, I said, okay, I'll do it. And they're like, look, this case is a loser amongst losers. <laughs> and you've got to know me. Because I'm a, I'm a smart ass like this. But I said, no problem, I'll go win it. And uh, the gentleman who called me is like, you ain't even seen it. I don't need to. <laughs> but that's just me. I, I am a smart ass like that. But anyway... They send it to me, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a loser. <laughs> but uh, what, it, what it is is a gentleman, he, uh, um, 
It hadn't gone off yet, so I hate to do this, but I'm not going to say any names or where it's from. But he uh, he was caught with about 20 trays of DPS in his house. Uh, he had a lot of flats, tubs of flats in his house. Mail was being burned in the fireplace. Uh, a few days later, he was caught uh, on his route with... Uh, uh, marijuana, methamphetamine, and that looks terrible. That looks terrible. When you get a case like that, you're looking for mitigation. You're looking for anything that you can as a mitigating factor. What would possess somebody to do this? You just don't wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go just ruin my life. Something has happened. There has to be a mitigating factor. And so when I'm reading it, I've got one. And it's the most devastating one that you could ever think of. Uh, this gentleman's lost his child. And it was about 12 years ago or so. But he says, you know, when I lost my child, I lost my life. I didn't care about anything anymore. I don't care about living today. I sit out in my vehicle. And wonder, am I going going to work today or am I going to take my life today? That's what he states. I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine the nightmare that this gentleman is going through every day. I could not overcome it. I'm telling you now. I have three beautiful children. Now, they're older. They're 30, 31, 29, and, and uh, 26. I could not overcome it. I could not. My grandson, if something happened to him, my life would end, and I wouldn't care. They're everything to me. And that's what he says. He's like, my angel is gone. My life, it means nothing to me anymore. I don't care to live. Now, that's what this guy is saying. How in the hell is that not the ultimate mitigating factor? He says, after that, my life spiraled downhill. I started doing drugs in the wrong crowd. We never mention Article 35 in our contentions. He tells them, I'm at the VA now getting help, trying to help myself. We never mention that in the formal Step A contentions. We never mention Article 35 in the formal A contentions. How in the shit? Can we not do that? How can that case get to arbitration and not one damn word said about this man's life, what has happened to him, Article 35? What in the hell is going on here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the, the contention. I'm going to read it to you. It's two pages of bullshit. The issue, did management violate Article 16? of the National Agreement and 39, Management of Delivery Services, by issuing the grievance a notice of proposed removal. It's got explanation 10 points of nothingness. Contentions. 1. Section 115.2, using people effectively. Section 115.3, obligation to employee. And number 2, uh, did management follow Article 16? Was the disciplinary, disciplinary action taken in a timely manner? That's it. 
That's it. This is somebody who don't give a shit about their job as a formal step A. I have got a man that has sat there and told you that his daughter passed away and his life ended immediately after that. And you don't say the first damn thing about it. Here's management. The proposed removal. The, 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 the decision letter. Here's the decision letter. Okay? Number three. Then they're going over the Douglas factors. The employee's past disciplinary record. You have no other discipline on record. So what does that tell me? He has no discipline on record. What does that tell me? That this guy's got tenure. He's got about uh, 16, 17 years. No discipline. What does that tell me? That he's been a, a model employee. That's what that tells me. We don't expound on that. He's been a model employee. Something's happened now here. Something has happened here to where this has happened. To where he's hiding mail. He's doing drugs. on, uh, uh, Or he has, he's in possession of drugs. What could it be? What could have happened to this gentleman where you've got a clean record and all of a sudden it's gone to hell? Number seven, the notoriety of the offense or its impact upon the reputation of the agency. The notoriety of your offense is not known outside of the agency. Therefore, the factor played no part in my decision. We don't say anything about that. Look, this has been in-house. We've been able to keep this in-house here. Okay? So... Nobody on the outside knows. He wasn't paraded around in his uniform, in his postal vehicle, getting pulled out of his postal vehicle. It wasn't on the news, then pulling all of this mail out of his apartment or his house. None of that was on the news. We were able to keep it in-house. Something to give the arbitrator to chew on. Then it says this. Nine, the potential of rehabilitation of the employee. There is nothing that convinces me that you have the potential for rehabilitation. You have not demonstrated that you are ready, willing, and able to comply with and accept the conditions for continued employment with the United States Postal Service. Let's go to YI. Here's the YI. Number 21. Do you have anything else to add to explain your conduct involving drug possession or delayed mail? And I'm going to read part of it because I'm going to read the other part later. I'm currently in drug rehab with the VA. He says, trying to get help to help get my life back in order. I'm sorry. Let me read that again. I'm currently in drug rehab with the VA, trying to get help to help get my life back in order. I'm sorry. Now, how, how can you say there's nothing that convinces me that you have potential rehabilitation? He just told you he was in rehab. You have not demonstrated that you're ready, willing, and able to comply with and accept the conditions for continuing employment in the United States Postal Service. The man has just told you that he's in rehab, trying to get his life back together. We don't say anything about that. What are we doing? Do we care about our brothers and sisters? Man, you've got to fight your ass off for them. How many times have I said that in these episodes? Fight your ass off for us, man. Fight your ass off for your brothers and sisters. God, they're giving it to you on a silver platter, and we don't say shit. Here's another one. Number 10. This is the, this is the, the one here. This is the dis decision letter now. Number 10. Mitigating circumstances surrounding the offense, such as unusual job tensions, 
personality problems, mental impairment, harassment, bad faith, malice, or provocation on the part of others involved in the matter. Here's what the decision letter says. Now, here's what this asshole says. You have not provided any evidence of support of a claim of any unusual job tensions, personality problems, mental impairment, harassment, bad faith, malice, or provocation on the part of others involved in the matter that might be considered as mitigating circumstances for your improper conduct. And this is what he says in the I.I. Number 13. Why did you have undelivered mail at your at your place of residence. Here's what he says now. Remember what that guy just said. Mitigating factors. At some point, you know, my daughter passed away 13 years ago. My wife and son moved away. I got in with the wrong crowd and I've been using on and off for seven years. I wasn't throwing or destroying it. And I delivered the mail to the best of my ability. I was working 10 hours a day against doctor's orders. How about that? As some of you know, my daughter passed away 13 years ago. And this son of a bitch is going to say that you offered me no mitigating factors. What? What? What are we doing here? We don't say the first thing about that in our formal step A contentions. I got that one night and, and sat down and wrote all this stuff out in one night. How can we do that? Then I'm looking at the guy who was on the decision letter, his name, and I was like, that name sounds familiar. Where did I see his name at? Oh, it's on the request for appropriate action. He's the concurring official. The concurring official who decided three months prior to this decision letter that he should be removed. So the concurring official is also the deciding official. How is that not a violation of due process? You've already made up your mind three months prior to this decision letter this guy should be removed. We don't catch that. You know why? Because we don't give a damn. That's why. Man, at formal step A, you have got to kick ass at formal step A. We win or lose cases at the formal step A. It's that important. Let's talk about some language. I got a little heated right there. I'm sorry. Let's talk about some language. Page 15.5. 15.5. I'm going to skip that, that earlier language on the time limits and stuff like that. 15.5. 15.2. Formal step AC. Okay. 15.2. Formal step AC. The installation head or designee will meet with a steward or a union representative as expeditiously as possible but no later than seven days following receipt of the Joint Step A grievance form unless the parties agree upon a later date. In all grievances at Formal Step A, the grievance shall be represented for all purposes by a steward or a union representative who shall have authority to resolve the grievance as a result of discussions or compromise in this step. The installation head or designee also shall have authority to resolve the grievance in whole or in part. So it's stating there that both parties have the authority to resolve this grievance. Same thing as informal. You got the authority to resolve the grievance. So if you're going into the meeting and they tell you right off the jump, I can't resolve this grievance, <laughs> write that down in your formal step A notes. Okay, write down in your formal step A notes that when I went in, Supervisor John Doe or Manager John Doe or Installation Head John Doe 
told me that he could not settle the grievance when we went in. He didn't have the authority. Write that down in your formal step A notes, okay? It says the installation head or designee also shall have authority to resolve the grievance in whole or in part. What are they talking about there, in whole or in part? Well, they can agree to the infraction, but not agree to the remedy, right? They can say, yeah, we, I agree that we violated Article 8, but I don't agree with this remedy. I don't agree with paying out an escalated monetary award. So the only thing we're going to send up then is probably Article 15, the noncompliance or the failure to comply with previous signed grievance settlements. Okay, is that making sense? So we're going to, we're going to agree to settle that in part. We agree that there's been an Article 8 violation, but the parties could not agree to a remedy. So we're going to set up a remedy-only case. That's what that's talking about. Okay? We can settle it in whole. If we settle it in whole, they agreed to the violation. They agreed to our remedy. We settled it at that. But if it's in part, they agreed to part of it, we're going to send the other part up because management didn't agree or we didn't agree one. Okay? 15.2, formal step A, D. At the meeting... The union representative shall make a full and detailed statement of facts relied upon, contractual provisions involved, and remedy sought. Y'all hear that? At the meeting. It does not say before the meeting. It says at the meeting. Why I say that? This knucklehead that's a formal step A in my installation, the one I told you is dishonest, he will always give us an information request. He'll send it to us. I'm requesting all the information that y'all have. That's what he'll do. I'm requesting all the information that you have. Well, you'll get that, my friend, at the formal step A meeting. That's when you get that. So then he'll write down in his formal step A contentions that the, the union has violated 1731 or the union has uh, failed to bargain in good faith because they didn't provide him information prior to the formal step A meeting when he asked for it. Let me read that again. At the meeting. It does not say before the meeting. It says at the meeting, the union representative shall make a full and detailed statement of facts relied upon, contractual provisions involved, and remedy sought. So when we get to that formal step A meeting, that's when it all comes out. The union representative may also furnish written statements from witnesses or other individuals. That happens at the meeting and not before. Again, if management's saying, hey, I need everything you got before we get to this meeting so I can get ready for it. No, you're not. You're going to get it at the formal step A meeting. Everything I've got, you're going to see at the formal step A meeting. All right? Again, the union representative may also furnish written statements from witnesses or other individuals. The employer representative shall also make a full and detailed statement of facts and contractual provisions relied upon. The party's representative shall cooperate fully in the effort to develop all necessary facts, including the exchange of copies of all relevant papers or documents in accordance with Articles 17 and 31. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. The party's representative may mutually agree to jointly interview witnesses where desirable to assure full development of all facts and contentions. And this is where I bust management's ass all the time in arbitration because the union will make numerous contentions, numerous statements, and management never addresses them. They never rebut them. Okay? 
Then they try to bring in a witness in arbitration to rebut that formal position, and I object every time. And they'll say, well, they're here to rebut that. No, that time has passed. Because under Article 15, it says that they can mutually agree to jointly interview witnesses where desirable to assure full development of all facts and contentions. So they had the opportunity, the formal step A, to interview witnesses to rebut anything that we had to say, to address anything that we had to say. They had that, op- that opportunity to do that at the formal step A. They chose not to do that. So now this is new argument that we're talking about here today. I'm going to tie all this up for you all here in just a second. In addition, in cases involving discharge, either party shall have the right to present no more than two witnesses. So in the formal step A meeting, in discharge cases, you can bring two witnesses in there. Two witnesses to talk, get them on the record, hash, you know, have them explain themselves, whatever those witnesses are going to be. Such rights shall not preclude the parties from jointly agreeing to interview additional witnesses as provided above. So if we have 10 statements, then we can call 10 people and, and interview them to fully develop our file. Okay, I'm going to read some more language and I'm going to tie this all up for you. The formal st- This is the, the language below the box. The formal step A meeting must be held between the installation head or designee and the branch president or designee as soon as possible, but no later than seven calendar days after the installation head receives the joint step A grievance form, unless the parties agree to an extension. And again, don't do verbal extensions. Always get your extensions in writing. The parties represented at formal step A shall have the authority to settle or withdraw grievances in whole or in part. Both parties must work together to ensure that each grievance is fully developed. The union represented at the formal Step A meeting shall discuss fully the union's position, violation alleged, and corrective action requested. Moreover, the union is entitled to furnish written statements from witnesses or other individuals who have information pertaining to the grievance. Both parties are required to state in detail the facts and contract provisions are relied upon to support their positions. Now listen to this. The Postal Service is also required to furnish to the union, if requested, any documents or statements of witnesses provided for in Article 17.3 and Article 31.3. So I saw somebody the other day ask, can a formal step A request information? Absolutely you can request information. There it is right there. When you get to that, when you get your case file from the formal step A, you can, you can uh, from the informal step A, you can request all the information that you want. Anything that you want, you can request it. Now, what does all that language mean? It means that when that case leaves the formal step A, it should be fully developed. It doesn't say that it needs to be partially developed or somewhat developed or mostly developed. It says that that case must be fully developed at formal step A. Why is that important? Here in my installation, management will give about 10% of the argument and they expect the B team to make the rest of the 90%. And I object to that every time because that is not what the B team is for. The B team is not the one who's required to fully develop the file. That's the formal step A parties. So make sure that we are fully developing our position at the formal step A. Management will sandbag their position at the formal step A every time. 
every time. The B team member for management in our installation is also dishonest. Terribly so. And they will make, if they if management has two pages of contentions, they'll make 30. If management sends up two pages of contentions from the formal step A, she'll make, she'll she'll write 30 pages of contentions. That's not how this is supposed to work. That's not how this is supposed to go. We're supposed to fully develop that file at the formal step A. Here's what you need to be doing at formal step A. The most important thing, besides having your case file arbitration ready. If you have non-compliance, what did they non-comply against? Past decisions, make sure we're putting those past decisions in the case file. We write our issue statement and our remedy at the formal step A. According to Article 15, and then on the 8190, it also says when you're supposed to do that. Rebut everything in management's position. Rebut it. Read management's position in its entirety and rebut every single thing. That is the most crucial job of the formal step A. The most crucial job of the formal step A representative is to rebut management's position in its entirety. Read every page. Every page. I've got a case coming up. It's 1,300 pages long. 1,300 pages. Management has 450 pages of contention. They've got about 200 pages of clock rings. In the middle of those clock rings is a statement, is an email from a manager against this carrier. In the middle of those clock rings. Do you think that that was done intentionally, thinking that we wouldn't find it, that we wouldn't look in it? I do. I think that they intentionally put that in the middle of those clock rings, thinking that we'd get it the formal step A. Okay, those are clock rings from this page to this page. And you've got an email in the middle of those clock rings. They're trying to hide that from us. Well, they didn't do it. I got a very good formal step A representative on this one coming up. It's not in my installation. But look at every page, y'all. Hey, every single page, look at it. Take the time to look at it. Read it. Read it again. And when you get sick and tired of reading it, read it one more time. Dates. Places. Times. Read them. Write them down. In management's position, like I said, that's the first time that we're going to be seeing management's position. At the informal, they don't do anything. Nothing. The formal step A, we're going to get those contentions. If it's discipline, check out the provisions that they're using. I promise you they weren't used before that. They're probably not going to be on the removal letter, disciplinary action, in the investigative interview. Make those contentions. Okay? If you got witness statements, read them. If they're contradicting yours, Call them. Be a bulldog at the formal step A meeting. You've got to be. Do not be lazy at the formal step A. Do not be a pushover at the formal step A. If all, Out of all the steps, the one that needs to be the most aggressive is the formal step A. To me. Now, advocates, we're just going to be aggressive just because we love doing that. But the formal step A... Fully develop the position. 
If you get one up from informal and it's not fully prepared, why is it not fully prepared? What are we missing? Put it in there. Rewrite your issue statement if you have to. Write your remedy. If it comes, if an issue statement comes up from the informal and you don't like it, rewrite it. If it's an individual and it needs to be a class, change it to class action. You know, you're king of the grievance when you get it at formal step A. Fully develop your position. All right? If it's discipline like I just read to you, man, get in that. Get in that stuff and look at it. Unfortunately, here the informal and formal is the same person. So they called me later and they gave it to an individual that was in that region. So I'm not going to do that case. I wish I was. Uh, but you, you can't use the informal and formal. They're worthless to you. They, they add nothing. You can't use them. You're going to have to use the grievant. That should never be the case. Ever. Fully develop your position at formal step A. Whatever it takes. Go to all the training that you can get. All of it. If it's advanced formal A, wherever it is, go. Go to it and learn. Learn how to build a case file. Learn what you're going to need to support your position. The contract provisions. Like I said in that one, Article 35 wasn't even put in there. That's the killer. That's the only chance that we have in this case. And we didn't put it in there. How's that possible? Anytime you're dealing with drugs... Alcohol, 35. Anytime. We missed it. I don't know why, but we did. Fully develop that position. All right? Take the time. Take your time. Get in the, get in the contract. If you're new, I get it. I promise you I do. I was new once. Overwhelmed. An installation, 16 stations. In my installation, grievances piling up. And I started as a shop steward in 2006. And uh, in 2008, was asked to come up to the formal step A because we got a new postmaster who was a tyrant. And my branch president, who I told you about, I love him dearly. He retired recently. I love the man dearly. But he called me. He says, hey, would you be interested in doing formal step A? I said, what's that? He said, it's, you know, when all the grievances are met on it, informing they go up. I said, yeah, I'll help you out. Man, we got bombarded. So I was learning on the fly. You know, the business agent's office was my best friend because, uh, you know, I needed help bad. Uh, but we got pretty damn good at it. Uh, we started writing national contentions after a while. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really did. Attack, attack that position, y'all. Formal step A representatives, attack that position. Call your business agent's office. Tell them, send me all the B-team decisions you got. Any old B-team decisions, send them to me so that I can read them. I can read issue statements. I can read what management's contentions are, what, they, what they're coming here with, because more than likely it's going to stay the same. How did we beat it? Why did we not beat it? Remedies that we requested. Those things are going to help you out. If you're ever getting on Facebook saying, what would be my issue? Get you a bunch of B-team decisions from your business agent's office. Say, hey, any old B-team decisions, send them to me and, and let me read them. Separate them into discipline, OWCP, uh, route inspection, DOAS, anything like that. Put them in sections. 
and read them constantly. I told you, that's what I did. My business agent sent me two paper boxes, you know, the big boxes, filled with B-team decisions. I just sat down at night and read them constantly, constantly reading. What was the issue here? What was our position? They'll always say union's position, management's position. What was the union's position here? Okay. Did we come out? Were we successful? Yep. All right. What did we request here? What we were not successful? Why not? What happened? The case file didn't indicate this. Okay. I don't need to make that mistake. Do that. Take pride in your position at the formal step A. Take pride in it. To me, there's no greater badass in the union than the formal step A representative. I love being an advocate. I love coming in with my suit on, walking those halls. People hate us. They look at us like we're scourged. I love that shit, man. We walk in there like the the dogs of war in that bitch, man. We're walking down the hall just pimped. I love that, but there's no greater badass than the formal step A. You run your installation. That's how I feel. You run it. You wreak havoc. Take pride in the formal step A. Do whatever it takes to win, as long as it's ethical. Make sure you're getting your arguments in there, the right arguments. Step fours, M documents, get to know those things. MERS, look in there. Read MERS all the time, MRS. Get in there. Look up things. It'll help you out tremendously. I see some people on Facebook. Man, these people need to have podcasts, I'm telling you. They are brilliant individuals. You know, get to know them. <laughs> Ask them some things. I, I deal with a gentleman, John Poskin, up in up north of here. Uh, John and I, we go back and forth. with. He sends me contentions. I send him things. We look at things together. Iron sharpens iron, man. Iron sharpens iron. So John Poskin, I appreciate you, brother. You know, he I've used his decisions before uh, in, in some uh, uh, arbitrations. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. And I need people like John. I need people like JB. I need these people in my life to help me. You know, th- that's how we get better. Um. One more thing on the formal step A. I have, this has been redundant and quite simple, really. I've talked for an hour now over something really quite simple. Fully develop the file and rebut everything. Is <laughs> real. I could have ended it on that, but I like talking too much. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm loquacious. You know, sometimes I get a little loquacious. I, I talk a lot, and uh, that's all right, I guess. I know when I look on there and I see ain't nobody listening no more, I probably talk too much. I need to keep, need to be less loquacious. Is that a word? Less, I guess it would be. Less in front of loquacious would be good. Less loquacious. Look that one up. I may not have used that right. But anyway, let's look at, uh, let's look at this. I got a site for you. 15.2 Formal Step AE. 15.2 Formal Step AE, and I'm going to help you out here. Any resolution of a grievance in Formal Step A shall be in writing or shall be noted on the Joint Step A grievance form, but shall not be a precedent for any purpose unless the parties specifically so agree or develop an agreement to dispose of future similar or related problems. 
If the grievance is resolved, a copy of the resolution will be sent to the steward and supervisor who initially were unable to resolve the grievance. Let me read this part again. But shall not be a precedent for any purpose unless the parties specifically so agree or develop an agreement to dispose of future similar or related problems. Now, JB and I had this in a, in a clock ring case. And y'all may have heard of this clock rings case. It was where management was falsifying clock rings. There was a guy who did a national report a while back about management stealing our time, stealing our money. And he had several arbitration decisions in there where management was clocking us out while we were still out delivering mail. Uh, well, this site was one of them. This is one of them that they used. And it's arbitrator Lawrence Roberts, and it's out of Nashville. Uh, JB was the formal A, destroyed management. But it's C number 34731. C number 34731, and I'll have uh, Jeremy put this up on the website. I'll talk about this in a second. But when we get into the hearing, management, the, the union, JB, he showed all of these past decisions, cease and desist, right? He had formal step A settlements, B team decisions. Well, management in their opening, they say formal step A's don't set precedent. Doesn't matter what they say. Formal step A's don't set precedent. That was They never said that before. The advocate said that in their opening. So when JB gets up there, I take him to the formal step A resolutions. Now, JB is quick, very, very quick. I said, Mr. Leith, turn to this page here. I said, what are we looking at on this page? This is a formal step A settlement. I said, okay. I said, now at the bottom of this formal step A settlement, what, what did y'all decide? That management will cease and desist this action. I said, can you tell the arbitrator your intent right there? Because he was a signature on it, right? So he can tell the intent. He wrote it. He said, well, the intent was for them to stop and not do it in the future. I said, does that set precedent? Well, obviously it does because they agreed to it. I said, let's go to the, the formal step A language right here. Read that to the arbitrator. That's the language I just read to you. I said, now tell the arbitrator what you meant. He said that this set precedent, that this formal step A re this formal step A resolution was intended to set precedent for this installation. And the arbitrator agreed with us, and this is what he said. The employer also argued that many of the grievance settlements the union included in the file are informal and formal A settlements, which are not precedent setting as stated in the JCAM. The Joint Contract Administration Manual notes the following language. Formal Step A Decision. The parties must make the formal Step A decision and complete the Joint Step A Grievance form on the day of the meeting unless they agree to extend the time limit. Copies of the completed form must be sent to the steward and supervisor who failed to resolve the dispute in Formal Step A. Resolutions and withdrawals at Formal Step A do not establish a precedent unless the parties specifically agree otherwise. If the grievance is resolved, copies of the resolution must be sent to the steward and supervisor who discussed the grievance in informal step A. Then he states, specifically, the above language states that resolutions and withdrawals at formal step A do not establish a precedent unless the parties specifically agree otherwise. That statement speaks for itself. And in my considered opinion, if the parties agree that a cease and desist order is included in a formal Step A settlement, 
The intent of the parties was clearly to specifically establish a precedent. There would be no other reason to include a cease and desist order in any settlement if the express intent of the parties was not to establish and set precedent. The same would hold true for a step B decision. Did you hear what he said? If the express intent, he took JB's word, he took his language, he said our intent was to make this precedent setting. That's why we agreed to cease and assist. Cease and assist means stop and don't do it anymore. We intended for it to set precedent. Get that decision. Advocates, get that decision. Formal step A's. If you have cease and desist, and management's like, well, that don't mean anything. It doesn't set precedent. Get that decision. It does set precedent. That's what we agreed to. Management can't come in there and say, well, I, I never intended to do that. Really? Then you would have just said cease. But cease and desist means stop now and don't do it in the future. That's the formal step A meeting. How about that? How about that? An hour and five on something I probably could have ended in two minutes. Fully develop the file and rebut everything. Got a little passionate right there early. I apologize for the language, but we have to we have to represent our people, man. At that position, at that formal step A position. God, we have got to do a, a better job, man. The formal step A position is an absolutely devastating, overwhelming position. If you've got an ass kicker, a bulldog, somebody who refuses to lose and will do everything humanly possible to win, that's what you need to have at the formal step A. If you've got somebody that's not new, like I said, if you're new, I get it. I promise you, I do. I was new. I was new and was worried to death that I was letting people down. Worried to death. I would take cases home all the time. I had a removal once. A guy was uh, charged with sexual assault. I took that thing home every night and looked through it because I didn't want to lose. I didn't care what the guy did. That's terrible to say, but I, want, I, I hated to lose hated it i found oig lying in that and the arbitrator brought that guy back i was a witness in that one way back when D do what you have to do to win hate to lose that's what you need at formal step a hate to lose fully develop your position if it's article eight have the i want it as simple as possible for the arbitrator i want it like reading a preschool book that's how easy I want it for, to be for the arbitrator. Tell your story. When you open up that case file, it's like I opened up a new book and I can't wait to read it. Spell it out like that. Have it that easy to understand. It's an Article 8 grievance. Uh, like you're talking to your neighbor. They don't understand what Article 8 is. Explain it to them. That's how you want to explain it to an arbitrator. They, they're well-versed in, in stuff like this, but... That's how I would explain it. That's how I'd put my case file together, like I'm trying to tell my neighbor what's going on here and why management violated whatever we said they violated. Fully develop that file, y'all. Fully develop it. Most importantly, rebut everything management has in the file. Everything. They have statements, rebut them. They have contentions, read all of them, and rebut things that need to be rebutted. If it's a new argument that, that wasn't brought forward in informal, it's something new to you, call the steward. 
Hey, in here, he's saying that the manager said this. Is that true? No, manager never said that to me. Well, he said in his contentions that the manager, manager's got a statement in here saying that she put you on notice on this. Never said that to me. Make sure we're doing that. Make sure we're doing that. Rebut everything in management's position, everything. When you get a case file, read everything. Like I said in this, uh, when I went up to uh, do this case on this gentleman that was soliciting that individual to model lingerie. Just basic stuff, man. Look at times. Look at dates. See if things are not making sense. The more you look at it, the more it won't make sense. The more you piece in the puzzle together, you know, look at all of it. I keep saying this. I could say this for two more hours, and I'm going to quit. But rebut everything. <laughs> rebut everything, man. Hate to lose. Hate to lose, man. Hate to lose. It will drive you. To be the best at whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, informal, formal, B-team, advocate. If you hate to lose, if you have a passion to win, you will be very successful. I promise you. I dealt with over 3,000 grievances at the formal step A. We were extremely successful. Extremely. Uh, It's because I had some good help. I had a lot of people helping me. Uh, and informal, you know, I've been doing it since 06. We've been pretty damn successful. Advocate, uh, we've done all right, you know, but I hate to lose. And I am driven not to lose. Be that way as a formal step A. It's an important, it's the most important position. Read your 15 language. Make sure, I don't know if I've said this or not, but make sure we're fully developing that file. <laughs> All right. Hey, get on uh, the website from aidarbitration.com. Get on there. Man, there's some good stuff on there. Jeremy has done an absolutely brilliant job on that thing from aidarbitration.com. He'll have these sites up there for you. There's just one, 34731, that uh, 34731 from Roberts here in Nashville talking about the uh, formal step A. But get on from aidarbitration.com. It's got all the M documents, all those sites that I've been talking about from the very first episode. Um, step fours, things that JB's talked about. He's put it all on there. Man, he's a godsend. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Facebook, get on there. Uh, Lindsay's done a fantastic job with uh, the From Aid Arbitration Facebook page. Uh, get on there, talk to her. Uh, you can ask me questions. I've got a, a, a notepad filled with topics. Uh, I'm going to try to get to all of them. I'll be doing this for 10 years probably until I retire. There's so many topics. Uh, I apologize, but I can only do one a week. I was thinking about doing one every month. But mercy, I'll never get it done. JB's going to come in here next week. It's going to be very thorough, very in-depth on 3996, DOAS projections, PET, Hey, get your notepads ready. That dude's going to kill this one. He's, he's extremely good at that. Next week, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that message. I'm going to put the grievance up where I'll grieve that and won that grievance on that scanner. We're going to get into some safety things, heat things, uh, some ergonomics stuff. I'm going to get that out of the way for you. Um, very important. But, hey, it's been redundant. I know it. 
it's been redundant, but you've got to, you got to take pride in your job, man. Nothing worse as an advocate than getting that case file and the formal step A's done nothing, nothing. And that set me off on this one here, that, 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 that gentleman, I know what he did was heinous. I know that, you know, with that mail and all that, but you tell me that somebody's lost a child, man. I'm going to go to war. I'm going to go to war for them. I wish I had that case. I wish they didn't take it from me. I was going to go to war for that person. Man, we were going to raise hell in an arbitration. Uh, they were going to know our position. Man, I couldn't overcome it, man. Dang. But anyway, hey, love your people. Love them. They're your brothers and your sisters, man. You'd love them like they're your own. You love your brothers and sisters, man, and it will help you be a great steward, a great formal A, a great B team and advocate. You love them with everything you got, man. And it's going to drive you to succeed like you never thought you could. All right? Take that role as a formal step A. You're the king. All right? You're the queen of your installation. Uh, you run it like that. They'll learn not to mess with you. Okay? Y'all have a great rest of the week. Uh, hopefully I hadn't bored the shit out of you. But, uh, hey, I love every one of you, man. I've had a, a, an absolute ball uh, getting to know y'all. Uh, this last week, man, we have been humping it with some contentions, uh, sending some sites out, uh, dealing with some removals and things like that. I love this stuff now. You know, people always say, I hate to bother you. You don't bother me. You're not bothering me. Man, if I can help you, I'm going to help you. If I can't, I'm going to find somebody who can. You know, JB and, and two of my friends that I can't name on here, uh, I bugged the shit out of them. <laughs> you know, they're probably like, dear God, <laughs> I wish you had never started this. But uh, that's my group. Those are my people. And so you don't bother me, man. I, I want us to be successful. I want you all to be successful. All right? You have a great rest of the week. And uh, we'll be here with JB next uh, next Sunday and get some some uh, thirty nine ninety six dollars and pet stuff out of the way. All right, y'all take care of yourselves. Fully develop your file. Rebut everything. Formal A. <laughs> I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.